Welcome to my podcast. This is Clementine, and I'll be reading pieces from my blog, Bliss and Drumming, where I write about the intersection of contemplative practice and a music career. Please enjoy. It's uh, May 28, 2020, and the piece I'm going to read today is called Better You and Me, and it starts off with a quote from a book by Eva Paracos. I think that's how you pronounce it. As a person matures, he develops a sense of self. The more aware of himself he becomes, paradoxical as this may seem, the more concerned with others he must become. Just think of this great spiritual truth, my friends. Lack of selfhood means self-centeredness. Full selfhood means concern for others, fairness in evaluating advantages and disadvantages of others and self. It does not mean annihilation of self for the sake of others in a distorted sense of martyrdom, but it does imply a sense of fairness in which one is capable of foregoing an advantage if it creates undue pain or unfair disadvantage for another. For the most part, the past couple weeks of quarantine has looked much the same as it has for the past couple of months. The preponderance of birds, riotous flower bloomings, quiet streets. Then a warm spell in San Francisco, sending folks out to the parks. Overnight, it seems that face masks have become obsolete and big drunken parties of young people fill the grass. I don't enter the park most days now and walk Henry elsewhere. After months of lockdown, I can't help but seeing that block square grass patch as a big petri dish. The young, healthy-looking people seem so joyful and confident in their flouting of scientific recommendations that I, too, want to believe that things are getting back to normal. It occurs to me to be grateful that these people are willing to be the canaries in the coal mine while I keep on with medical establishment guidance. When I see the islands of parties, I feel left out in a way, like I didn't get the memo. I feel like an old fogey, believing information from the CDC and a friend who is a doctor, rather than deciding on my own how to proceed. I slink away with my mask on, distancing myself from everyone I pass, staying in the house for most of the time. I question myself, judging myself for being overly cautious. I feel all of the old left-out feelings of junior high. We're all doing what we can with our many ideas and opinions at play here. There are extremes of opinions, I know. We can only do what we feel is in integrity to our individual truth. 
where we choose to get our information, whom we trust, all of it makes up our diverse society. Problems come when we look outwards to judge. I see myself sticking to a belief that others are being selfish and further that I'm right and they're wrong. Then my next thought is, better you than me. Ah, there it is, the old duality, the old separateness, the seed of all misery in ourselves and in the world. This is the misknowing that is one of the three Buddhist poisons and maybe the most dire kernel of all our suffering, the belief that we are separate from the whole. When we are in this duality that I am so distinct from you, we spend our lives strengthening our separate self. It becomes our life's mission to build up the walls of separateness, defending ourselves, creating boundaries to love and compassion, shoring ourselves up for a kind of futile and endless battle against the other. If we're proven wrong about anything, then the facade crumbles and we subject ourselves to even more misery. Even the anticipation that we might lose our autonomy causes us great agony. I don't like the part of myself that thinks she deserves a better fate than those in the park. I don't wish ill on others and dislike the relief that rises when I know others may suffer so I don't have to. In meditation, I observe these feelings and see that they're born of frustration of not knowing and of wanting to be right. The part of me that wants to be right also feels not good enough. This is a feeling of lack. Isn't it interesting that out of lack comes a lack of compassion? I guess this is what the quote above from Eva Perikos is saying. When we don't feel good enough, we don't have the strength to be compassionate to others. When we judge ourselves for not being good enough and this judgment, this lack of self-compassion, then is the energy we turn out toward the other. If we see the reality around us as a reflection of our internal reality, then recognizing our inner darkness and coming to terms with those parts of ourselves that judge and battle, this seems to be a path toward changing the world. I hear my mentor's voice here laughing at me. I remember reading a transcript of a conversation of the awakened master, Ramana Maharshi. The questioner asked, how are we to treat others? And Ramana Maharshi said, there are no others. I've been watching more news than I usually do lately. And the recent terrible stories of racist acts have shaken me. First, the story of the young black man shot in Georgia drew me in. 
The disgust I feel for the act and the apparent cover-up by authorities is overwhelming. It's shocking that this could happen in the light of all the ways we have progressed through history. Then, not shocking, as it exposes truths about racism that we deeply know but have difficulty confronting. Then another story, and then another story. Over and over, we're made to see these truths. Some believe that we're creating our reality, and that the thoughts that rise in ourselves are those that manifest externally. So a feeling of powerlessness, a lack, self-hatred, that creates a dearth of compassion, and then yet another heinous act. How many times and in how many ways must we enact this pain? It may seem that the negative thoughts of a lady drummer in San Francisco are far removed from the actions of racist killers in Georgia or anywhere else. But thoughts have energy. The world I see is the one I'm in alignment to, whether I want to believe it or not. My own ego attacks itself, and manifesting in the world I see attack. The war in myself is the war I see enacted. The lashing out in fear, out of lack, that I subject myself to is reflected outward when I read the news. It may not seem that I have anything to do directly with these situations, but I take responsibility for the energy I find in myself that is the seed of the energy there. If we are indeed one great organism, experiencing together this manifestation of existence, then my darkness contributes in some way to all darkness. It's a lot to believe that we contribute to our reality in this way, I know. I could no more kill a man out of racist intention than I could toss my head around the room like a ball. However, if I work to unearth this powerlessness and lack in myself, then I may live from wholeness, moving through life from the awareness in the heart. From this place, I see there is an intelligence in me beneath all the judgment and righteousness. From this place, I can see the men who killed this young man for who they are, men so lost in the agony of fear and hatred that they knew not what they did. Why does that matter? Yes, the men will be punished according to law and But why the need to see them as other than killers? Because to leave anyone outside of light is to leave us all outside of light. We can't lift the world and all its beings to a higher vibration if we continue to choose who stays and who goes. We can't lift ourselves 
to a higher vibration if we continue to believe that there are parts of ourselves that are unworthy and forsaken. We have to look directly at these acts and see them for what they are. These abhorrent actions are manifestations of self-hatred, born of a dire need to prove our separateness, our righteousness. When I feel justified that the people partying in the park will be the ones to suffer, should I believe is true comes true, it is that same lack, that same energy of wanting to be the one who is right that drives all these kinds of actions. I take responsibility for the whole, and I begin by taking responsibility for myself. We must recognize commonality, wholeness, in order to heal these energies, and finally step into the light of our true inheritance, empathetic joy, peace, oneness. There's a shaft of light coming in through the kitchen window and blinding me here on the couch. Another lovely San Francisco morning. Henry is snuggled against me, so abidingly patient during the morning writing session always. I am in love with his adorable warm body snoring between my knees and the gift of his presence. I guess with the quarantine, I keep going deeper inside and it's giving me time to watch myself and the patterns that rise. I see how much judgment runs through me constantly, judging myself for not doing enough, not taking enough advantage of this downtime, for not being enough, for not knowing all the answers, and for needing to think that I know the ultimate truth about anything. When I let all of that go, I fall into the heart as I've been taught. Here is all I need and all I know. Here I am complete. Here I see the divine in all things. From the wide awareness of the heart, I watch the tussle of mind that brings me to write a piece like this. The light is hitting the jar where my newly sprouted yam sits on the windowsill and shines a prism to my forehead like some kind of divine blessing. Henry, in his sleep, begins wildly wagging his curly tail. So there's that. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks so much. And sending so much love. Peace. Thank you so much for listening. This is Clementine, and you can read this piece at blissanddrumming.com. To support this podcast or for weekly or personalized guided meditations and other goodies like drum lessons, please visit patreon.com backslash clem the great. Thank you so much and lots of love.